The Zamzo's Garden Show is sponsored by Zamzo's. The views, opinions, and advice offered by the show's hosts do not necessarily reflect those of KBOI or its parent company, Cumulus Media. KBOI makes no representations as to the accuracy of the information expressed and shall not be responsible or liable for any claims arising out of the use of or reliance upon any such information. What kind of seeds are you sowing? Why is it so green where you're from? It must be Zamzo's growing in your yard, garden, or barn. You've done it right, you see it. Got the help that you need it. Zamzo's really makes you want to come home. I'm coming home. Cause nobody knows. Like Zamzo's. News Talk 670 KBOI. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on News Talk 670 KBOI. To be a part of the show, call now, 1-800-529-KBOI or 336-3700. It's the Nobody Knows Like Zamzo's Garden Show on the Big 670 KBOI. How's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show, and I am your host. I'm back after another week off. I apologize for being gone for so long. There were some of them that were out of my control, but this last one was my choice. (laughs) And uh, I hope you had a great week last week. I am Nolan Guthrie from Zamzo's, and uh, we are live here on the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm excited to be back. We should be back for a while. I don't think we have anything really coming up. There might, I think, we have potentially one more BSU game that could preempt us. And uh, and I think I'm going to be gone during Thanksgiving. But other than that, I plan on being here for a while. And uh, I'm excited to talk to you. If you have any questions, anything you're seeing out in the lawn or the garden, I'd love to talk to you. You can give us a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOY. Fall is definitely here. Uh, we've had uh, a lot of rain, actually. What was funny is it? Last week when I was up in Salmon doing some hunting, I uh, talked to well, I talked to my wife, and uh, she said, oh, yeah, it's raining down here. And I'm like, oh, it's 80 degrees up here in Salmon. So it was really strange weather I was experiencing, but you guys were uh, enjoying some rain down here. I'm glad I didn't miss all of it. I'm glad it's still got some rain, and it's very needed, I think. Um, it's good to see. I think we were all kind of hoping that we would have some prolonged rains uh at least i was um you know after this last summer uh having so this this last year just not having enough water um comes to really respect and appreciate the rains that we do get so uh, i'm glad to see some of those things i'm going to talk about a handful of things that you can still do out in the lawn in the garden in the fall because there's a lot of things that we want to do this time of year you know we we kind of we tend to kind of pack it all away and kind of finish up with uh, the lawn and garden this time of year, but there's actually a lot of stuff we can do. And it's really important that we do some of these things because it really sets us up for an even better f- spring next year. So we're going to get into some of those things. If you'd like to be a part of the show, you can give us a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOY. We do have a call already from David in California. That sounds great. David, how's it going? How can I help you? Yeah, not too bad. Uh, yeah, and I'm glad you raised the uh, issue of the rain. You know, certain parts of the state uh, just got a steady one, but uh, certain parts had, uh, uh, what, nine inches in just number of hours? Yeah. So I'm thinking about the erosion and uh, topsoil loss. 
and uh, I'm sure that's happening up with you too. Every once in a while, these hellish down, uh, deluges. And um, is there, you know, they're putting together the infrastructure bill in Washington right now. Would you consider topsoil to be part of America's infrastructure? Hmm. That's an interesting question, actually. Um, I think yes. Uh, I think topsoil is incredibly important. Now, I will preface this by saying that I have no, like, I haven't researched anything about this. But just off the top, I would say topsoil is probably an important resource and probably very important to a lot of different infrastructure and things that are needed. Um, you know, I, just thinking about, like, all the building that's going on uh, out here in Idaho uh, you know, you see constant uh, building of new subdivisions and lots of new buildings are going up. And that uh, does do a lot to the topsoil that's there. Typically, a lot of that topsoil is saved, uh, usually cleaned or sifted, and then then moved back around into other projects. Uh, sometimes it's sold at those garden centers. I mean, that's typically where we get our topsoil that we sell. Uh, is from those projects. These companies buy up that topsoil, they clean it up, and then they sell it back. So it kind of gets put back into it. But I would imagine it's probably very important for uh, road infrastructure and other things like that. So yeah, I'm kind of interested where the the question comes from. Is that something that they're working on in Washington or trying to put into no, that? Or? Yeah, not not as far as I can tell. And and what spurred me to think about it, I was looking at a YouTube video about the Sahara Desert. And uh, there are two or three of them that are basically saying the same thing, that archaeologists have discovered that the Sahara Desert was once green Mm -hmm. and that it took something like only 100 years for it to become a desert. Yeah. And, I, you know, thinking about gully washers, uh, endless floods, or, you know, what was it that induced the Sahara, so much of the, you know, northern part of a continent, yeah. to become a, uh, a desert so quickly? Yeah. And is, you know, was it, you know, down here in California, we've, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the old uh, Jack Nicholson movie called Chinatown. I have not, there, no. Well, it's a, it's I should a, see it, though. It seems, yeah, it's it's, it's a classic, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's not about Chinese or Chinatown so yeah. much as it's about uh, the, uh, the water theft. Mm. And that the uh, back in the 1920s and 30s, the uh, theft of water, they, they had canals uh, from the mountains down into L.A. Mm. And so, you know, yeah. the idea that they could create canals 400 miles long, you know, they're basically taking uh, water from up in Redding, basically, and up in there, and sending it down to L.A. Right. And the idea that we can end up with, uh, you know, the, not not only the aquifers are not being refreshed every year, but that as soon as the water hits the ground, uh, it's basically sold. And, uh, you know, and so the the idea that the state has been drying out for almost a hundred years uh, with a, a purpose, you got to wonder, you know, the thousands of years ago when the Sahara was going on, apparently it was massive civilizations down there, and um, did they make the same mistake, uh, yeah. create canals uh, that, that just basically drained the that part of the continent? It is interesting, and, yeah. Yeah, there, uh, there was a, a lake pretty much dead center in the top of the Sahara, uh, you know, in the top of the continent in the Sahara 
that was almost as big as one of the Great Lakes of mm. you know, and and so there were, uh, and it's it's basically buried now. Just uh, sure, you know, but it, I think it, somebody said it was eighty feet deep at least. It wow. Was, it was a massive lake. That's interesting. Yeah, I'd, I'd actually be interested in looking into that because that is that is pretty fascinating. I think that those resources, um, you know, a lot of times, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I think we kind of take a lot of those things for granted a lot of times. We just, just kind of always think water's water. Where does it go? It just It's going to come back, but that's really not the case. It's not what we see happen in our everyday lives. We, we do, people run out of water. It happens. It moves to different places. I think that the probably one of the things we could look at and might be kind of interesting to kind of, at least in a comparison, is look at back at like the Dust Bowl era and kind of what they did to the soil and, and kind of expanding and, and how they changed that landscape and essentially just kind of made it very difficult for people to live in certain areas uh, of the country for a long time. Sure. And, uh, well, and there's, there's one other angle that's kind of, uh, you know, the idea of grabbing water from one part of the country and selling it to another state or another section of the country. Uh, the I'm, I'm really kind of concerned. After being up at uh, Yellowstone, you realize that that's a volcano that's 35 miles across. <laughs> yeah. And the cooling system for that volcano is the aquifer as well as probably oil in the ground. And the idea that that keeps that temperate uh, from exploding and, you know, they say that volcano was so big is it it threw chunks down to Texas and Santa Barbara, California. And uh, the idea that we do not want that to start, uh, you know, warming up, but apparently there are plenty of water sales up uh, you know, in and around, probably uh, hundred miles away from Yellowstone, would be on the periphery of the cooling system. And I just, uh, you know, I'm I'm real concerned that not only are we causing the erosion, but we're uh, basically a, doing a setup for creating. I mean, if you can imagine the devastation of another Yellowstone blasting off, yeah, um, you know that's uh, COVID is an understatement for an economic damage for a year. That could be a half, you know a century uh, to calm down. Yeah, it's a yeah. It's always it's fast. It, you know, it's weird. It's fascinating to think about or talk about. Um, I don't think we understand all the ramifications, but you're with you. I actually want to, I'll bring up a few different things, but I do have to go to a break, David. Thank you for that call. Um, it's very, it's very interesting. It's a lot of stuff to think about. I do have a few things I, I might want to address on the other side. We'll be right back here in this Amazon's Garden Show. If you want to be a part of the show, give us a call 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and at Zamzo's, we want you to have the greenest lawn in the neighborhood and do what's best for your kids, your pets, and the environment. Well, you can have all of that and more simply by signing up for Zamzo's annual lawn program. You get five applications of our own biologically correct lawn food plus Zamzo's Humagreen for one low price. But in 2021, the rising cost of pretty much everything has forced us to raise the price of both Zamzo's Lawn Food and Humagreen, which in turn increased the cost of our annual lawn program for 2022. So to make it easier for our customers to renew, we decided to delay increasing the price of our lawn program until December 24th. 
So why pay more when you can renew your Zamzo's lawn program now at this year's price and get 10% off any plants and garden supplies you buy at Zamzo's through the end of 2022. So come see us now at any of our 13 stores and save green when you go green in 2022 with help from us at Zamzo's. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. Nate Shellman, live, weekday afternoons, 3 to 6 on 670 KBOI. Quite a somber song you brought me in with there, Tara. <laughs> this is the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. I think it fits the, the weather outside, though. It's kind of cloudy and overcast. Actually, when I was driving in, I was kind of amazed at how low the clouds were. Like, I couldn't see the foothills. It was pretty amazing. Uh, and just, you know, beautiful in its own way. Cause I like the rain. I like I like the, the cooler weather. This is the time of year that I really enjoy. Um one of my coworkers posted on Facebook, all those people that love the fall, would they mind coming over and raking up my leaves? And I was like, you know, that's not really what I mean when I say <laughs> Uh, so anyway, there's a lot of stuff we can do in the yard and garden in the, during the fall. There's a lot of things we should do in the yard and the garden in the fall because the, these sort of things, doing some of these things now will actually help prepare us for spring and get us ready and, and help us uh, revitalize and, and uh, help our plants recover, especially this year when it was such a, a, a difficult year for the plants that, and the lawns that we have here in the Treasure Valley. If you'd like to be a part of the show, I'd love to, I'd love to talk to you. I've been off for numerous weeks this last uh, month and, uh, and I miss talking to you folks. So if you'd like to give us a call, do that at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. And I want to, so just kind of going along with that, um, I, I I think it's no uh, secret that I am kind of like a Thrive honk. Like I I talk about Thrive, uh, Zamzo's Thrive a lot. It's like my go-to recommendation for like when things are newly planted or stressed out or just you know don't have anything wrong. They're just doing great. Put Thrive on them, right? So that's something that you should do. This year, I think it's very important that we look to Thrive or some of these uh, like uh, the other product that Jim. Uh, developed and came out with a number of years ago, the chicken soup for the soil. Using those products right now, um, especially this year, I think is very important because what we had this last summer, uh, you know, where we had a drought, we had um, lots of heat stress issues and bugs and things going on, uh, getting Thrive or even the uh, chicken soup for the soil down right now is going to help those trees are, those plants, all of our plants right now are getting into a mode where, you know, we've seen the leaves drop. They're getting ready for dormancy, but they're bringing in a lot of nutrients. And if those nutrients, or they want to bring in those nutrients, if those nutrients aren't in the soil, then those trees and the shrubs and our plants aren't going to be able to take them in. And they really, really need those things because they need it to store up energy. Most plants will deal with a stress very well. Like they can handle a bug, they can handle a bore, they can handle a drought. It's multiple repeated seasons of those things where they get they get drained from this dealing with this stressor. And then we go into winter. If they don't get replenished, they're kind of going into next spring now at a deficit. And so you really want to get that stuff into the soil, especially when we don't really know what kind of winter we're going to have. Um, you know, last year, I, from everything I read, it said it was a fairly normal winter. We had the, the right amount of snowfall. We had all, you know, the snowpack and everything uh, was kind of where it should have been. 
But because we didn't get any rain essentially for like five months, six months, um, we, we ended up in a difficult situation. So we really want to add that stuff into the soil right now. It's very, very important that those trees and shrubs, all those plants that were stressed out this year, get that stuff back into the soil so that they can take it into their roots and store it. Next spring when they start to push that foliage and all, you know, all their root growth, everything else, it starts right now. We've got to get that stuff in the soil now so that it's there for them later. And Thrive in uh, the uh, chicken soup for the soil are fertilizers that don't just feed right then. They actually they put those nutrients into the soil and they wait. And that's a big difference between these fertilizers and some of your larger national brand fertilizers. Those ones are connected with water. They get in and then they go out with the water. Thrive in chicken soup, they go into the soil and they stay there. So they're waiting. So you're replenishing those nutrients in the soil and getting those trees and shrubs and everything else, what they need, when they need it. If they don't need it right now, they're probably going to need it down the road. So as long as it's there with those products, you're going to be in good shape. So definitely if you, if you've not used thrive before, this is a year I really want to encourage you to give it a try, put it down. You will be not be disappointed in the results. And if you're a thrive believer, like I am, you know, get it down now. Now's the time to put that stuff on, uh, and, and put it on everything, put it on your trees, shrubs. You know, we got that siphon unit. I did that, uh, video to show you how to use the siphon, uh, this summer. And, um, and it's very, it's a very easy way to do that. And just, just go to town, put it on everything. All right. So, hey, if you want to be a part of the show, I'd love to talk to you. Give us a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBY. This is the Zamzo's Garden Show. Talking about a few things you can do for the fall to get your lawn and garden ready for winter. And really, you're getting it ready for next spring. So the next thing I want to talk about is uh, lowering your mower. Okay. So right now, uh, you know, the lawns are really slowing down. Uh, you can, you definitely want to feed your lawn, your, the rechargers, Amzo's recharger right now is the time to do that. If you haven't already, go ahead and do it. If you're on the lawn program, the reminders are going out. I think they got another week of, uh, before they're finished up, uh, because we do send those out in stages. But if you're hearing this and you want to go ahead and do it, today's a great day. We might probably going to, it looks like we're going to have some rain. So getting it down right now will be great. You want to mow the lawn first, apply your recharger, let the rain take care of the rest. Even if it doesn't rain, uh, even if we have a number of dry days, the recharger is not going to burn. You can still apply it. It does not need to be watered in right away. It's a low enough uh, fertilizer application that it's not going to burn. It's slow releasing, just like all of our other fertilizers. You can apply it does not need to be watered in. So definitely do that. Now, when it comes to mowing, you do want to start stepping your down, stepping down your mower. If you haven't already, I think I've talked about it. Well, it's, if I talked about it, it's numerous weeks ago. Uh, but you do want to be stepping down your mower. You, you want to make sure that you're getting that grass down to a much lower height as we get into it. So the last mowing you do is nice and short. Uh, that's going to protect the grass from a number of things. One, you're cleaning up a lot of dead stuff that happens, right? Even though like the grass is green, there is a lot of dead, dead grass blades that show up uh, during the year. Remember, the, like it's shooting up new grass blades all the time. They're not just growing up uh, from the ones that have cut. They're pushing up new ones all the time. And some of the grass blades die. On top of that, you have a lot of the seed stems. So a lot of the grasses that we have, uh, the perennial ryegrass, the uh, Kentucky bluegrass, and the fescues, they will tend to go to seed. You'll, you'll have some seed stem 
that can come up, they might not always go completely to seed, but it might push a seed stem, and when you cut it off, it kills it, and that makes that little pokey bit that's in the lawn. So if you're seeing some of that, you're seeing some uh, blades that are turning brown and starting to die, uh, you want to clean those up. And the best way to do that right now is to just start stepping the mower down. You don't want to go all the way down all at once. You want to step it down you know, at least one notch, maybe two if you can kind of get away with it. If you haven't been doing that, um, step it down one notch and then come back a couple days later, step it down another notch. It does mean an extra mow in the week, I know, uh, but it's going to be much better for the grass to do it in those stages. You don't want to take it all off at once. You're going to push that growth node further down closer to the soil so the grass doesn't die if you cut it too close, but just keep doing that. Just remember, every time you go out there and mow, you're going to turn that step down, that notch, just one more step down. You want to get it down to about an inch-ish, an inch and a half maybe, uh, but it should be pretty low. You don't want to scalp the lawn, obviously, but you're going to push it down closer and closer. A couple of years ago when we had that huge snow, we saw a ton of uh, snow mold. Uh, there's two different types. There's a gray and a pink and one's worse than the other. The pink is kind of the worst one. The gray is pretty common. Uh, but keeping what we found was a lot of people that kept that mower, that grass nice and short, had less instance of damaging snow mold. Uh, there's some other things that go along with that. We'll talk about that later as we get into the season. Uh, but you lowering that mower will definitely help prevent that snow mold from getting out of control. So we're going to go to a quick break. We're going to come back for part three of the Zanzos Garden Show. If you want to be a part of the show, please give me a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOY. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Jim Zamzo. And when it comes to feeding the wild birds, nobody knows like Zamzo's. No one else has our diversity of bird feeds, our huge selection, including bird blocks, nor does the volume we do. So no national chain knows birds better than Zamzo's. But what you feed and how you feed it will determine how many and what variety of birds you'll see. For starters, you'll need a feeder. Zamzo's has a huge assortment, and our expert staff can help you find the right one for your yard to attract the widest variety of birds. But what you feed is even more important, because unlike discounted grocery store seed, all Zamzo's wild bird feeds are blended exclusively for birds that frequent the Treasure Valley. That's why there's no waste. So if you're looking for a fun hobby and a great source of entertainment for the entire family, feed the wild birds. We'd love to help you get started, so come see us. Because since 1933, when it comes to feeding the wild birds of Idaho, nobody knows like Samsos. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. All right, we are back for part three of the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie, and I'm excited to be back in studio after numerous weeks off. Um, it was not wasted. I, I took advantage of every single day that I had off uh, from the radio show. It was a great time. I got a new dog, which was really exciting um, for my family and for me. I'm, I'm very excited about it. It's been a long time since our family has had a puppy. Um and I think it's the first time that my family's been ready to have a puppy. <laughs> we tried when my kids were younger, but uh, we were not ready. <laughs> the kids were enough. Uh, but now my kids are older, and uh, and we got a dog. Her name is Opal. I'm going to talk about her just a little bit. I promise not to talk about her too much. 
Um, although I find that I do tend to talk about her a lot um, because I'm really excited. She's very she's very nice, and uh, I'm hoping she's going to be a good bird dog, and uh, I'll be able to have a nice hunting buddy. It'll be great. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited about that. If you have any dog training tips, particularly dog training tips on how I can be a good good trainer, train me how to train her to be a good bird dog, I would really appreciate those. Any of those tips that you might have, or any just general training tips, actually. I, it's a, like I said, it's a new thing for me. This isn't a dog show. It's the Zamzo's Garden Show. Uh, but Zamzo's is very into pets. So, you know, if we're going to talk about it, we might as well talk about it. Hey, give us a call, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. Okay, so we've been talking about uh, things to do out in the lawn and garden right now. I was talking about lowering your mower. That's certainly something that you should be doing. If you haven't, start stepping down that mower. Apply your Thrive or chicken soup for the soil of those trees and shrubs and you know everything else that's growing out there, even the lawn. Even if you put Recharger down, you can still put Thrive down on top of that as well. Uh, the other thing you want to really start doing right now, um, if you're new to gardening or you've been doing it for a while, uh, you want to do some work on your garden bed. You really want to make sure that it's good and cleaned up because you don't want to go into spring with all that stuff, right? When spring hits... You know, there's a few things that you want to start doing and, you know, doing some of the weeding then is already going to be its own chore. But by spring, you really want to be getting it ready to start planting, putting your plants in there. Right now, what you're going to do is you're cleaning it up. You're getting it ready for winter so that you can reduce a lot of that work that you're going to have to do next spring. In addition to that, you're preparing the soil. You're getting a lot of things ready so that you, again, are doing less and you have to do more. And right now is a great time to do that. So I want to talk about some of those things. The first thing you definitely want to do is make sure you're doing, you're cleaning up those weeds. I know it's really easy to just kind of let that stuff kind of go as the season's ending. You kind of you know, you're kind of done with it. You've been doing it all year. But, you know, this time of year, a lot of those weeds are dying off, um, and it's particularly the annuals. But you definitely want to get the rid of the perennials. So any of, like, your thistles or hopefully you don't have to deal with bindweed. But if, you know, you do have it, you definitely want to try to clean that up as much as you can. Um, mallow is one that I'm constantly struggling with in the garden beds. Um, but any grasses, just make sure you get in there and clean up all of those as best you can. Now, it has been cool. It has been rainy. Um, so you are a little limited in some of your uh, weed control methods. You're kind of limited to just doing it by hand, which is totally fine. A little bit more work. But it is very effective because you can make sure you get that root, especially with the rains that we've been having. Some of those deeper-rooted plants like a mallow, um, or a thistle, you can really get a lot of that root out of there because the ground's nice and loose. You can dig down a little bit, pull that root out. Um, bindweed is never easy, so I, I don't have a, I never have a really great way to deal with that. But um, if you do want to do some spraying, you can still do that. You can still use a couple of different sprays to burn those weeds down. Some of our organic uh, weed controls that are safe for the garden are great ways to burn off any of that foliage. And a lot of times it'll kill those weeds, especially right now. It'll pull that stuff in. You can kill those roots. Uh, but we've got a number of options for those. And they will still work at cooler temperatures. And what's nice is that they tend to work very quickly. So even if you do it uh, you know, three or four hours before rain, 
that's going to be plenty of time to kill those things off and uh, at least burn them down. You're not, you might not get the entire root. You can also still use Ultra. Ultra is not an organic, but it does still work at the cooler temperatures, and it is fast, which is really kind of what you're looking for. It works quickly, so it's rain fast, so you can apply it two hours before rain, and it can get in there and kill it. It's going to be gone by the time you start planting next year. Um, so that's another option, but definitely get the weeds cleaned up as much as you can throw those weeds away. Don't put them in the mulch pile. You want to get rid of them as best you can. The other thing you really want to do, uh, if you've got some of your, your tomato plants or your squash plants or, you know, whatever you grew, uh, when, once those have died, don't throw those plants away, keep them around. You can actually mulch those plants if you don't want to start a compost pile, you can actually mulch them right in the garden. There's a couple of different methods There's of composting in the soil. So these would be called either trench composting or um, it's similar. Keyhole is a little bit different, but it's kind of the same, or they might call it like a pit or a hole composting. Really what you're going to do is kind of think about where you're going to plant next year, and you can just simply dig a nice big trench uh, in the garden uh, or dig some holes in a couple of different spots and cut those dead plants up and throw all that material into those places that you've dug. And you can, um, you can add a little, you could add a few leaves. You don't want to do too much of the leaf material from the yard, but throw in all those plants in just in those holes and then burying them back over. Those plants will actually decompose in the fl- in the soil and they'll just be feeding that soil for next year. Plant your plants next year near those trenches. You might even mark them off because as they decompose, they're going to be releasing that stuff back into the soil. Plant your stuff next to them next year, and you'll have great compost like just already going in the soil. So that's a great way to do it. You don't have to start a big compost pile. You can actually do it just right there. If you do want to start a compost pile, that's fine too. Pick a spot. You can still do it in the garden or pick a spot out of the way, and really you're just going to pile them up. You want to kind of layer it, and that's one of the tricks to kind of getting a good compost. Don't just make one big pile. Start a little bit of a pile, put some leaves, put some grass clippings on there, put a little bit more of your dead plants, and just kind of start layering it and building that up. Once you've got it built up, it's going to start doing its own work. But a couple of things you can do to kind of get it going, throw some of your garden soil in there with it because that's going to inoculate it with some good bacterias and fungi and lots of little critters that are going to start doing that work for you. In addition to that, you can actually fertilize it. And you're not really fertilizing. You don't want to use uh, a lot of fertilizers, but you can use things like some of that recharger you might have uh, putting on the lawn. You can throw some recharger on your compost pile. Putting some Humagreen on there is great. Thrive is a really good composter. Uh, and that's something that you could definitely do. And so is the chicken soup for the soil. Putting a little bit of that on your compost pile will actually speed up the decomposition. It feeds all those microbes that are in that little pile, and it's going to start working. And then your next big tip for composting is diversity. You want to have some of those leaves, have some of your kitchen scraps, have some of those other things and keep adding to it and then flip it on a regular basis. If you're not using like a big drum or something like that, you just got a big pile, uh, just flip it over from one side to the other. Want to do that about every couple of weeks because as that decomposes, it's actually going to generate heat. And when it's decomposing, it makes that heat. It's all those bugs are doing their thing. It starts to get hot. And if it gets too hot, a lot of the bugs die off. 
And if they die off too quickly, the decomposition stops and then they have to start regrowing again. So that flipping is actually cooling off the pile so that the, all the little beneficial bugs in the compost pile don't die off too quickly. So just keep flipping it every couple of weeks or so. Uh, just a little bit of a flip will really help keep that process going really quickly. It's not like you're going to ruin the compost if it gets too hot. It's just going to slow it down quite a bit. So keep that in mind as you go. Uh, throughout this winter if you want to do a regular compost pile. A couple other things uh, you can do. Uh, I sh I've been talking for a while. I should put out the phone number so people know I'm just getting into compost. If you want to be a part of this show, this is the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. You can call me at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. I'm getting really excited about fall stuff, um, which is uh, weird, I guess. <laughs> But if it's your thing, it's your thing. Um, so composting is a, is a big deal. There's a lot of easy ways to do it. Lots of stuff you can do, really easy things you can do. So no matter how big or small your garden is, you can do some sort of composting. The next thing I want to get into are covers. So um, there's a lot of different ways to cover your soil. Uh, and, and, it's, and it's really good for the, the garden bed for the next year. It's really a good replenishment. So Manure is probably one of the most important covers that you can do this time of year. Adding some manure to the soil, uh, either a, a composted manure, if you have access to something that's hotter, like, you know, if it's a horse or, you know, a cow manure that's been in the field, if you have access to that, now is the time where you would actually really want to do that. Because if you use it in the spring, a lot of times those manures can be too hot because they haven't been composted. So if you use too much of like a horse manure, you know, a really fresh cow manure, those uh, will actually be decomposing so fast and so quickly, they'll actually create too much heat and can actually be bad for the garden. So if you have access to those things, now's where you would want to use them because then they'll be composting down all winter long, breaking up into that soil and doing their thing. Uh, a couple other mulches, but it looks like we got to go to a quick break. So we'll do that, and we'll come back on the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. Please give me a call if we've got one more segment, 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. The Zamzo's Garden Show will be back right here on News Talk 670 KBOI. Hi, this is Callie Zamzo, and it's time for Zamzo's Recharger, the incredible biologically correct lawn foods specially designed to prepare Treasure Valley lawns for fall and winter. You see, when my dad Jim Zamzo formulated Zamzo's Recharger, he doubled the amount of phosphorus and potassium of our regular lawn food. That's because in the fall, your lawn is regenerating itself. And Zamzo's Recharger gives your lawn the nutrients it needs to build a strong, healthy root system. Plus, Recharger slow feeds your lawn all winter long. So when it wakes up in the spring, you have the greenest lawn in the neighborhood. Recharger is step five of the Zamzo's lawn program. But you don't need to be on the program to apply it. You can buy Recharger one bag at a time. But if you do purchase or renew your Zamzo's lawn program before December 24th, you get next year's program at this year's price, saving you up to $150. So come see us now at Zamzo's. 13 stores to serve you, including Federal Way and Geckler in Southeast Boise. Nobody knows like Zamzo's. The Ben Shapiro Show, weekdays from 1 to 3 on 670 KBOI. Oh, <laughs> how's it going, everybody? This is the Zamzo's Garden Show. I miss we missed the music there, but that's okay. We're here, uh, and uh, I'm happy to be back. It's been a number of weeks. 
uh, since I've really been in the studio consistently, and uh, I really appreciate everybody sticking around and listening to the pre-recorded shows and coming back. If you'd like to be a part of the show, we certainly have some time to do that. You can give us a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOA. And I'm going to blame that uh, missing the music on me because I started talking about the dog again, um, which has become just become a thing. It's just something I, I end up talking about all the time, the do- how the dog and a cat are getting along. But uh, uh, it's it's just something that happens. So. All right, so we were talking about, before the break, uh, composting, cleaning up your garden. I want to get into a few more things because we were talking about mulches um, and ways to kind of cover your garden beds. And I think that covering, in some respect, in some way, is is a good thing for the garden because it's going to do a lot of things. One, it's, it is replenishing a lot of the nutrients that we've taken out of the soil through our garden this year. And on top of that, it also is going to help reduce a lot of the weeds because you're covering the garden. You're making it harder for those weeds. You're suppressing the ones that are there. You're kind of uh, suffocating the plants, the ones that are there. So you're actually going to put yourself in a much better spot when it comes to weeding in addition to your other weeding. So cover, some sort of cover is really good. Using some mulch. Uh, either like, you know, if you have a compost pile already, spread that out over the garden now using some compost using some hay is actually very good because if you put the hay down it actually makes a nice barrier prevents those weeds and it also breaks down and adds a lot of good stuff into the soil it's got a chemical in it i can never remember the name um, but it's just this really cool growth in uh, not inhibitor it's the opposite of a growth inhibitor it really helps push growth it's very cool stuff um And I can never remember what it's called. Uh, But the other thing that you might consider is a green manure or a cover crop. Cover crops are very good. We haven't really utilized them a lot. I'm sure there are places in the world that it's very common. But a cover crop is a really great way to put some new plants out there. One, it does... Uh, there's a lot of... There's a couple different ones. There's uh, winter pea. There's a vetch you can use... um, Annual ryegrass, there's some other, uh, buckwheat is another really good one. Any of those kind of cover crops that you can get a, hand, a hold of, we've got um, a, a pre-mixed bag at the Zamzos locations that you can spread out over that area. And really what you're doing is you're letting, these are usually typically annual plants, they're going to grow up, and now's a great time to put it on. They, they're not going to be affected Excuse me, by the cold, and you can plant them. And what they'll do is as they grow, they won't grow too tall, but they will grow through the winter and they will actually compete with a lot of those weeds. So you're actually going to do uh, weed control through competition. And then next spring, um, what you're going to do is simply you can mow them down, weed whack them down, and then you're just going to turn them over. All that green material just goes in there, breaks down, adds a lot of good stuff. Those plants are specifically chosen for what they add back into the soil. So they're a great way to replenish nutrients and help prevent weeds through competition. And uh, it's very, very good. If you are the person, I supposedly buckwheat pancakes are very good. I've never had one, but you could let some of the buckwheat grow up and collect the seed and make buckwheat pancakes. And if you do that, let me know how it goes because I'd really be interested in knowing how to do that. Um, but so those are some of the things you can do. In addition to that, you know, you're doing a lot of replenishment. You can also still feed similar to your compost pile. You can actually feed that soil right now using something like our Zamzo's Nutrich or again, Thrive, uh, Humagreen, even some of your recharger. Putting some of that stuff down now actually helps speed up all that decomposition, all that composting you're doing in the garden, and it helps get into the soil and replenish a lot of those nutrients that have been lost. 
And also what's even more important is it's feeding the good bacterias in the soil. The good bacteria, the good bugs, the good the worms, all of those things are going to love that stuff. And actually, when you do some of these things, what you'll find is your, your garden will be so active and so it'll be working so hard through the winter, you'll actually see your garden will be the last place to collect snow because it'll actually be just a few degrees warmer than every place else in the backyard. So you can actually, you'll see that you won't get as much snow uh, on top of the garden, which is just incredible that there's so much activity, so much going on that it's actually raising the temperature so that it snow can't happen or won't collect there as quickly. So really cool stuff. Lots of things you can do in the garden. If you want to be a part of the show, we got another minute or two. You can give us a call at 208-336-3700 or 1-800-529-KBOI. This is the Zamzo's Garden Show. I'm your host, Nolan Guthrie. We're going to be live for, uh, for sure the next week. Uh, but hopefully a few more weeks after that. A um, few more things that you can do. Oh, this is the one I wanted to talk about next. So leaves. So for years, I was, um, I I feel like, I don't know if I should be ashamed to say it, but I was the kind of person that I collected my leaves, I put them in a bag, and I left them at the, at the curb and let the garbage truck take them away. And a number of years ago, I was like, you know what, this is silly. Why don't I start using these leaves? So what I started doing was, Gathering up those leaves and, you know, as I'm making my kids do it, I shouldn't say I do it. I make my kids do it. <laughs> they they got to do a little bit of work. I do. I help out some. Uh, but we clean up those leaves and we take them right to the garden. We take them right back to the garden and we just lay them out. That's another great, easy mulch. Most of us have some trees that are losing leaves. Some of us probably have more than others. Take those leaves, throw them on top of the garden, spread them all out. It's going to make a nice cover mulch for all your garden, all your beds. Um, you could do it in your other beds as well. Uh, but it's going to, those leaves are going to decompose and they're going to do their thing, but they're also again, suppressing the weeds and they're doing a lot of good stuff for the soil. The only, the big exception to this is if you have a big walnut tree, you do not want to keep your walnut leaves. Walnuts have a growth inhibitor in them. Uh, all plants, all parts of the walnut have this. So um, if you've ever had a walnut tree, you'll notice the grass never grows really well there. Um, and that's because of this growth inhibitor. So with those leaves, you definitely want to throw those out. Don't keep them around. You cannot mulch them. You cannot, you cannot put them in the garden. They will inhibit your growth next year. So don't use walnut leaves. But every other leaf that I can think of is on the table. Definitely put anything else out there. Okay, so that's about it I got for taking care of those things. I do this this has been showing up and I've actually seen these uh around a lot. Um because we've been cooling off, we've been getting some more moisture. Uh we've we're people are starting to see mushrooms. And I want to always reiterate, there's really nothing there's nothing wrong with having mushrooms in your lawn, in your garden, showing up here and there. There's nothing wrong with that. The mushrooms aren't going to hurt anything. They're not going to kill the grass. They're not poisonous. Now, they're not necessarily something you want to eat either, so you do want to do something if you can knock them down. I usually just, if I see them, I just kick them. Um, you know, having the puppy is a concern right now. I don't want my puppy eating them, so, you know, I might pick them up, mow over them, but there's nothing that we can do to stop the mushrooms from showing up in the grass. So don't worry about it. Just do a little bit of work. Get them out of there. They'll go away on their own. We are just about out of time. I want to thank you all for listening. I will be back next week here in the Zamzo's Garden Show, and we'll talk to you again soon. Good luck, Boise State, today. 
We'll talk to you again soon here on the Zamzo's Garden Show, KBY. This is Josh Zamzo, and if you're new to Boise, you probably know that Zamzo's is Idaho's oldest and largest garden store with 13 locations in the Treasure Valley. But what you may not know is that Zamzo's is also Idaho's oldest and largest group of pet stores, and that we formulate our own line of foods for dogs and cats that are superior to national brands. My great-grandparents used scientific state-of-the-art formulas for the feeds they made way back in 1933. Today, Zamzo still uses the latest scientific formulas, many of which were formulated by my dad, Jim Zamzo, and there's a Zamzo's or Grandma Z's formula for every pet and every budget. Our new line of fundamentals comes in three flavors, chicken, turkey, and whitefish, yet contains no corn, no wheat, no soy, making it ideal for dogs with allergies. But the best of the best is still our super premium Grandma Z's line and our top-selling Idaho trout and potato. So for the best in lawn and garden, come to Zamzo's. But for the best pet food and pet supplies, there's also only one place to go, Zamzo's.